I would pay probably upwards of 100 quid and watch Eric Cantona walk on stage, put his collar up, say the Seagulls line, and then just stand there for an hour and a half. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Welcome along. It is the 20th of June and we beat the uh, Gibraltar 3-0 last night. If you were uh, interested, we'd like to hear from you this morning. Oh, it's 7-9-180-180 is the WhatsApp number. We've plenty more on the show, including our first depth chart of the Rugby World Cup season and uh, more reaction to the news that the Camogie players and the Gaelic footballers are playing the rest of the season under protest. We'll get to all that a little bit later. Uh, first though, Keith Tracy's here. Good morning to you, Keith. How are you? Good uh, morning. Not too bad. Not Adrian, too bad at all. Adrian Barry's here. Morning, folks. Uh, Colm is also here. Colm, how are you? Hi, Jar. A routine 3-0 win. Uh, everybody beats Gibraltar 3-0, uh, said John Fallon on the show. And lo and behold, he was correct. Uh, how do we feel after this? Not great. Like it's... When we when we drew with France, or sorry, when we got beat one 0 by France, we came away thinking that's not a bad result given the quality of the the opposition we were up against, given the quality of the opposition we were up against last night. Not great. Probably took a bit too long to come. The first half was very very forgettable. I know within the first thirty seconds, Jamie McGrath has a good a good strike at the the penalty spot. Great start, but we just didn't build on it. We didn't turn the screw enough. We just didn't put them under enough pressure. Second half was an awful lot better, but again, because of the the level of opposition we're up against, not a lot really to write home about there. Um, I think the difficulty after a game like last night, where there's lots to be happy about, uh, and you know the rest of the world has also struggled to beat them three 0 is that it comes as a pair with the Greece game. That's the problem. We can't suddenly forget that the Greece game happened. Yeah, the Greece game was was the one. You know, we, we should be just. Brushing Gibraltar aside, uh, we want to try and finish toward in the group, which means we need to get ahead of, of Greece. Having seen what Greece have to offer on Friday and what we have to offer, I, I don't really fancy our chances. And then, you know, people are down kicking it down the road and saying, well, maybe we could beat Holland. And you're thinking, come on, lads, we can't even play well against Greece. And I know the Dutch side on, on the eye, they haven't been great. Watching them, they haven't been great. But when you look at that side on paper, they're very, very good. And to think that we're going to be able to go toe-to-toe with them, I, I, I really don't see it. So, Look, last night was was exactly what we needed, exactly what we wanted, but you know, it, it still doesn't leave a, a good taste in the mouth that the Friday night uh, the Friday night is where all of the damage was done. Yeah, and yes, right, uh, not to sound like a complete moron, the, uh, the best performances that we've had under Stephen Kenny have come against the good teams, against Portugal, against France. Like, I would expect us to be way more competitive and way sharper in September... Uh, when everybody knows that their job is to defend for 90 minutes against France in Paris and then basically to defend for 87 minutes against the Dutch in Dublin and then for the last five minutes to, you know... Try. Is that the... Um uh, Steve Staunton, we don't play well in June. Was what, what was it? What was it he said that time? We don't. Oh. We never play well in well, whatever it was. We might play better. In, I think there's. I think there's. We're t- strong in March. That, yeah. I, think I think there's. We're always strong in March. I do think the point about like if Friday had gone slightly differently for us, if we'd gotten something out of that game at all, that there isn't. The, the you mentioned the three nil par for the course results that all the other teams so far against Gibraltar have managed the exact same result. All of them, I think, were ahead at half time, suggesting a little bit more comfort in the performance. Wow. We we we. Yeah. Stat boy over here. What's your amazing stat? Unbelievable. Uh, only once before mm. have Gibraltar held the opposition to a goal a straw at half time in a qualifier. Keith, what was the opposition? No very idea. close to home. Ireland's 2019. Really? Yeah. So you're looking 51 and a half minutes on the clock. I'd actually put it to both E at the stadium. Was there murmurs going around? Was there a lot of. Jesus, this could actually. Well, there was booze at half time. Was, I was yeah, trying to he, sort of quantify exactly what it was at that time. They didn't go on particularly long. It felt like a kind of a guttural frustration as much as anything else. I, I, you, you can read an awful lot into like fans booing at a stadium, but it felt like a guttural kind of frustration at the fact that we had had a couple of chances. Like if Jamie McGrath buries that on 30 seconds. As, uh, that sums you know. up to Stephen Kenny Rain for me. It's like he puts that in. Less it's a different a game. Gone. We could have Less than a minute gone, and you're like, well, it's procession. Yeah. And 
that sounds easy okay, if, you, if you put the chances in obviously but like to create that chance it was good play like Jason Knight speeding down the right beautiful pullback and a good connection with the shot either side of the goalkeeper to goal and then suddenly you're like this could be any score just exactly what they need that's, that's Kenny's side like in a nutshell Yeah but the, you need to be more ruthless when, when the keeper saves that and we don't score we need to get straight back on and keep them under the pressure keep the, torn, keep the screw torn and keep like we know historically their defence is not great they can see three goals on average most games so just keep putting the ball in the box eventually we'll get a chance off them these aren't world class defenders so you don't have to complicate the game they were in the middle of the pitch it was really really compact not an awful lot of space Obafemi couldn't do an awful lot because there wasn't room in behind him and Ferguson were coming to feet and it was just all getting a little bit muddled down in the middle of the pitch so mm. if they're going to give you the wide areas take them and just keep putting put decent quality into the box and eventually their coach will say lads we're going to have to stop these balls coming into the box they'll get a little bit tighter to you and that's when you can start doing little one twos but I thought the Mikey Johnson coming on was really really needed because we were playing around Gibraltar we weren't playing through them it was all pass 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 you needed somebody just to go and have a dribble at somebody and commit somebody and as soon as you commit somebody then you've broke their lines and there's a bit of chaos in their, in their formation now so I thought Mikey Johnson was a really I give Kenny a bit of credit for that because it's hard to see that from pitch level I was sitting up in the gods and it was fairly obvious yeah. that we didn't need the tour centre half so yeah. I give Stephen Kenny big uh, big credit for bringing on Mikey Johnson and it did it changed the game even though the fourth goal was a little bit fortuitous I had that free kick not have landed at Mikey Johnson's feet mm. would yeah. we have broken yeah, yeah. there would that Kim? everyone seems to be in agreement that Mikey Johnson should have started the game is the only is the reason he didn't because Kenny has no intention of starting him against the likes of France and the Netherlands yeah, but I, I probably, but I don't accept that. You know, every every game is different. There's no point not. I'm not starting Mikey Johnson today against Gibraltar because we're playing Holland in a month's time. What's the point in that? It's it's every game is different. You take every game on its merits to give it a John Giles quote. But you, you do. We should be beating these teams. We should be able to go to a four-three-three against these and just beat them, just push them away. Now, look, when the Dutch come here, we can go back to a five. We can make a horrible and like you said, yeah, notoriously when the bigger teams come here we do okay and I think that's because we're going out with the mindset with the mentality that we're going to suffer our possession here we're going to we're going to have to do an awful lot of running but within the 90 minutes we'll get Evan Ferguson a chance Before he became the Ireland manager Kenny was more a 4-3-3 like I remember before we went to three at the back talking with the, the League of Ireland fans uh, particularly Johnny Ward is like there's no way Stephen Kenny's playing three at the back there's absolutely not he's never going to and then I think because we had uh, loads of good centre backs not many midfielders and not many attacking players at the time it was like this is a fairly obvious thing to do and probably Anthony Barry was involved in like oh look at look at where we are here look at the situation and we played really well um, was that was the was that the first game was the Portugal game was it when we went to three at the back anyway early doors yeah. um, and I wonder if he might be considering going back now and saying right like it's it's do or die time for him and his reign and actually going back to a four because we were really open at the very start when we, were, we had the four and the midfield wasn't strong enough to be able to protect them. Is there a possibility we actually abandon the three at the back now in the next window, which, let's face it, is one of the most difficult windows that you can possibly have? Yeah, look, it's... I, I Personally, I would prefer to see us playing a four at the back, but then I'm starting to think, if I'm an opposition analyst, I'm thinking, how can you get our Ireland if they're playing four at the back? I don't think we have any, any wing-backs, any left-back, any right-back who's a decent 1v1 defender. When you look at O'Dowdar on Friday night, he was absolutely shocking. You look at Doherty on the right, very good player, but 1v1 situations, you don't really trust them. So all I think is we need to be able to defend better in 1v1 situations. Will he go back to a 4? I'm not too sure. I think he has this blanket approach that I'm going to play three centre-halves with two wing-backs. Obviously he didn't work for the fourth half last night and he changed it. But I, I can't see him. I, I think the 5, the 3 at the back, whatever you want to call it, I think will be his mainstay going forward but I don't think that I don't generally think that's a, that suits us in an attacking sense I thought with the Obafemi Ferguson and uh, uh, Johnson when Johnson came on I thought the three up front actually did suit us a lot better but against the bigger nations I just think we're a little bit open with the 4-3-3 If you played 4-3-3 right just to indulge me for a minute who would the three in midfield be in that scenario so say you do have Obafemi Johnson and Ferguson as your three up front who are the three in midfield that we could in some way make that work? I think I, I would put an awful lot of legs in there. I would tell our, uh, probably Cullen, Malumbi and Knight. I'd tell him just to go and get the ball. See, Knight, Knight is a, 
Knight is probably the only one who could go and get involved with the attack and play. Malumbi and Cullen for me are a little bit similar. They'll go, they'll run around, they'll put all the work in the world and then win the ball back. But when they get it, they can't really hurt teams. Knight has a little bit of that about him. He can hurt you. So I'd put them three in there and I'd give Knight the, Knight the license to go and be the link to the front three. But again, I, I, I think we're a little bit too open. Like If we're playing France with that formation, I'm... I'm Concerned, yeah, very, very concerned. Um, but say it was, it was Seamus Coleman at right back. Is that giving you a little bit more comfortable? I mean, obviously, it would be Coleman versus Mbappe on on his own, really. Yeah, that's it. Well, you you, you would like, and even uh, Kenny Cunningham was talking about this last night. If he's playing right back, he would prefer a right uh, a right winger to come and just stand ten yards in front of him and double up that way rather than playing a five at the back and being a one v one up against somebody. So, look, it's it's horses for courses. I think we can chop and change, but. I think we're very naive to say, listen, Ireland are going to play whatever formation, X, Y and Z. I think it has to change from game to game because we're not good enough to just throw a blanket on this and say, we're playing a three at the back every game regardless of who we're playing. Yeah. I think we have to change every single game because we're not good enough just to say, that's us and that's how we play. Is that the only reason for you that he continued with a back three last night? Because we could all see it was kind of pointless basically, like two of the three defenders were redundant. Well, I think the, the first half. But is he, is he doing that so is Nathan he's going to keep it with France and the Dutch? But is Nathan Collins not supposed to join in in midfield and... and and it's it, that's where you create your overload because like that should you should be able to play that if like okay it's a stupid comparison but John Stones plays at centre back but actually ends up in midfield and that's what the model for three at the back against a team where you're dominating possession is that your your centre backs are adding extra John Egan sometimes adds an extra and all of a sudden it's two it's two on one and that's what the overload is we just weren't very good at it. No, we weren't very good at it. But look again, I, I, I give Stephen Kenny. He he spotted that. He did make the change at a, a half time. He brought Mikey Johnson on. But you did want Collins to step in, it. and every now and then he did step in it and go in. But the middle of the pitch was so so congested that his first pass was just out to the winger, and then the winger would go engage with somebody, and then eventually come back, and we just end up passing around Gibraltar rather than through them. But like I said, it was a lot better in the second half when we gave it to Mikey Johnson. We isolated him. And I think he was under clear instructions just to run at defenders. As soon as you get it, run at defenders, cause a bit of chaos. And it worked in the end, but I do I do think, Colin, I think you're right. The reason he played the three, the five at the back last night is because that's what he's going to play going forward. I think there's an element as well of, like, we're obviously saying this morning he changed things at halftime and that worked. It was great. It sort of changed the face of the game. I think also, if you watch back that first half, like, technically, we were just off it at times, you know? Like, the system was working fine, but there was a bad ball from Ferguson at one point. There was a bad uh, ball from Obafemi at another stage. Like, technically, at times, the system was grand. Like, I think any system against Gibraltar, you're relying technically on your players to be able to do it. And, I, you know, I do think that we get carried away at times about, is the manager got not good enough? Is it the manager or the players? Like, there's probably a little bit of everything at play. Certainly looking at it last night, technically, at times, against that level of quality, we just weren't at it. Yeah, and look, I referenced it last night with, with Gibraltar going and dropping back into a really low block. Their their striker was so isolated. You know, you want to look at an isolated striker. Look at that fella last night. He he did barely had a kick of the ball. Was just running after shadows. But we we just we we kept playing around them. And with, with, when Mikey Johnson came on, it was an awful lot better. But it just tactically when Gibraltar dropped back into that low block, we kept the ball recycling around their centre halves we're taking two three touches bopping her into midfield Cullen with Torney take a touch take another touch and you're thinking this needs to be one and two touch we need invent the pass and here and the tempo dropped an awful lot because Gibraltar tempos dropped our tempo seemed to drop and that can't be the case like I say we need to turn the screw keep the tempo high put them on the back foot get them moving from side to side an awful lot and when they came off it it felt like our tempo came off it and like I said it that can happen sometimes you feel like the game is a little bit stale and you just drop with it but you need then people just barking the likes of a comb barking at people yeah. to keep your standards high one touch two touch in the midfield it was just all a little bit pedestrian a little bit slow and yeah it have just you, didn't wasn't there have you played in games like that like so so Gibraltar were playing that game last night 11 players behind the ball I can only imagine the frustration of the players like it is hard yeah well you know we don't talk too much about that they're a very low ranked team technically very bad anytime they got the ball you felt oh, we're going to get this back now in about four seconds it'll be absolutely fine but at the same time they're sat behind the ball you know the the trying to get the ball wide trying to get it to the, the end line and get it back in was obviously the ambition but hard against that number of players have you been on the pitch before like that where you're like Jesus we're so much better than this crowd but 
Yeah, look, it's, it always is, but you believe in you believe in the process, you believe in what's happening, and we've all been in games where look, it, it only takes a, a one decent ball into the box, a defender to get half ahead, and there's somebody to arrive late or you know half a deflection. So as long as you put quality into the box, and I, I think it was Sam Allardyce that used to drill this into me. I think it's for every ten quality balls you put into the box, you'll get at least one shot on goal. So he used to always say to me, "I need at least ten decent balls into the box off you a game," and he would demand that from the wingers. So if you send your wingers out there, and notoriously, I think this is what Ireland are good at over the years: getting the ball out wide and putting it into the box. And modern day football now is all about don't let them play through us, make them play around us. If teams are going to let us do that, then take advantage of it because we're notoriously good at it. Don't you know? Don't turn down the easy stuff. In the overall scheme of things, did Liam Brady have a point that this is the worst group of players in a long time? Yeah, look, I, I, I've said this last night, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm a lot younger than Liam Brady. I'm only 34, but this, this is probably the worst Irish team on paper that I've seen. And I, I, I hate throwing that at them because I know quite a few of them personally, and they, they try their socks off. It's not the one to try, and it's really not, but I think it's, it's a marriage that hasn't quite quite work too well I think the manager has asked certain players within the group to do things that they're not comfortable doing and maybe that they can't do so what kind of stuff are you t- talking about there because this is something that comes up it's like oh we can't play the way he wants us to play but like, what what are we talking about there well look if you have say John Egan is on the ball any of our back lads are on the ball and you have Cullen coming towards it and somebody's breathing down his back are you is your heart not in your mouth thinking Cullen's going to be nicked here or Malumbi might lose the ball or even Noim might just get nicked here because the one, thing, the one thing I always say now in football is that if you press properly, you will get chances in the game just by your press. So if we can negate that and say we're not going to give anybody any easy chances, we're not going to play sideward passes, we're not going to play backward passes in our own half and just take that over say we're not going to give you that and you're going to have to earn everything. And my heart is just in my mouth a little bit when our players are trying to play at the back and. I, I don't know whether it was the first half or the, the second half last night. I think it was one of our centre halves tried a back hill in our own 18 yard box. Did you drop it? O'Shea, yeah. Dar O'Shea. And you, I, I know he's been injured. I know it's probably just a little bit of a mental relapse, but international football is 90 minutes long. And if you're coughing up little chances like that against Gibraltar, it just doesn't bode well for the bigger teams coming here. Is it mentally, uh, in your own experience, very difficult to play against a side that that is that inferior to you? I.e., that like, like Agent said, uh, a while ago there like every four seconds you want to get the ball back when they have it so to keep to keep on going and going and going like what type, what type of character do you need in that instance and it kind of goes back to the overall quality of the squad yeah you, you need that little bit of quality you need somebody to break them down just that little bit of stardust but that's when you need to take your own little res- personal responsibility like if I was playing on the, on the wing last night and I got yeah. the ball I'd be wanting to go and, go and commit people make a difference because the pass and the easy ozy stuff like Gibraltar for as bad as they were, defensive shape actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. They, they were moving quite well. So you need somebody to pierce the noise, to penetrate it. You can't just pass around them and around them and just keep lumping it in. Every now and then you have to mix it up and think, right, he's going to run at us. And then as soon as Johnson gets the ball, you can see the right winger thinking, I'm going to go and have to help me right back here. Now we have an overload somewhere else on the pitch. So it was, it was decent, but just a little bit lethargic for long, long periods. I've always assumed, I was interested to hear your point there about uh, Cullen coming for the ball. I've always assumed the, so we talk about the our ability to be able to play a bit of football, how it's a bit easier on the eye than mm. watching the lump it up stuff. And I've always just taken it for granted that the players, that's just a given, that they'd rather play that than play the lump it up stuff. But you're actually saying maybe not. Well, I, I don't know what the individuals think themselves, but when I when I look at it, and you know, you, you're seeing us fire balls into the middle of the pitch in, into into certain players, m- my heart is in my mouth an awful lot of the time because I don't think we have very very good ball playing. Now they have they have good attributes. Cullen's a brilliant player. I love what he does for Burnley, but his biggest attribute wouldn't be getting on the ball and, and you know playing these eye the needle passes or playing on the half turn. It's about getting around the pitch, breaking up the play, winning the ball for us. He's good at what he does, but. I have we got a ball playing midfielder? Is there anybody you'd say just fire the ball into him or trust him on it every time he has it? Like a, a Wes, I, I hate throwing older names yeah. in because it gets it happens a lot. But the, the nilk of a Wes Hewland just say give it to him, he won't lose it. Yeah. I we, small we, we don't have poor that. last night, but yeah. small bone against Greece, I thought was absolutely disgraceful. I thought he was really really poor, but I thought that was a very poor decision from Stephen Kenny to put him in. Put him in that that was his yeah. debut, yeah. his competitive debut, Greece away. That's that's very very deep water to be throwing somebody in Gibraltar at home in a, in a qualifier totally different totally different thing but Greece away in the heat very very difficult. Yeah, like the thing with this Ireland side, 
I look at it like we're very confident of passing the ball among ourselves at the back mm. with no pressure and then you go up to midfield it gets a little bit more pressurised and then it's almost like we're, we're dying to play ball but as soon as we get into the opposition's final third all sense of what we were trying to do goes out the window and I don't know if it goes back to the fact that the majority of our players are not playing top level football mm. or if it is a management issue so uh, to crystallise that basically if, if you were in charge of this team we'd be playing the ball back to front and pressing yeah but look it, it, it would be back to front football but it would be that for you know I'd be throwing a jab so we can land a punch I wouldn't just be going out there saying lads regardless of what they do I just want you to pump along if they stand off us then yeah we would play through the towards we would try and play nice attractive football but if a team comes and you go and press me high I, I would just clip uh, over that press can we just tease this out right because you don't believe that we have the midfielders to do it and I don't think anybody is here going well hang on a second look at them it's so amazing they've got hidden skills that we just haven't seen yet uh, that transmits to the players right and so you've been in the trap uh, that like these are not champions that's what he would say about you in mm. the press conferences uh, to, to the Italian journalists we'd be sitting there going I mean he sees we're here right <laughs> you know we've got ears we can listen to this but like what does that do for the team's confidence and are we then stuck because 25,000 would have been at that game last night yeah. if they hadn't bundled the tickets uh, but in the previous series we would have been lucky to get 20,000 and they would have lied to us and said there's 40,000 it felt like there probably was 35 to 40,000 at the game last night like we don't we're bored watching back to front football it was shy to watch under Martin O'Neill yeah look I get that but I, I remember is, there, is there no third way here is of course it's not listen if, if Stephen Kenny's not here then we have to go back to you know Sam Allardyce it's not a complete 360 here there is a hybrid way of playing and it's horses for courses if, if France come to town you can play over it if Gibraltar come to town we can try and be a little bit more uh, advanced of play through the tours but it it, it to me the only time we look dangerous when you throw your, throw your like we can forget about Gibraltar we should be hammering the likes of Gibraltar so I'll go back to the Greece game on Friday the only time we scored well, the, the goal we scored was a set piece a flick on from Evan Ferguson Nathan Collins in at the back Nathan Collins' uh, volley was a set piece that comes in and gets headed out and then he volleys it the only shots we had on target the only time we looked dangerous was when we put the ball into the box so all this attractive football people are saying oh, it has got better it's, more, it's, it's moving forward it's getting better I would argue, yeah, it, it probably has been a little bit better on the eye, but had we been a little bit more, a little bit more pragmatic, we'd have won a lot more games of football. Is there a case as well, just on that point, that like, so he spent the early part of his Ireland career, Stephen Kenny, trying to adapt this new system under a lot of pressure at that time, and the things that he was working with at that point in terms of forward options were Troy Parrott. Well, so obviously, at some point, was like the the this guy is going to be the one. Uh, Ogbeni maybe in a forward position. Obafemi in a forward position so they were his tools mm. and then more laterally this genius comes into play who's 7 foot 8 and um, you know a bit like a whatever uh, <laughs> and he's a very different option than what he had when he adapted this style of play also you've had Adam Ida on the sidelines for the last what is it year, year and a half and suddenly he's back in like looking at the, the two of them up close last night the sheer mm. size of them very different options ability to win the ball a good high ball in like it's a very I wonder I wonder if behind the scenes Stephen Kenny isn't going I've set up my stall yeah. I'm going to play this way yes everything I've had the front options have changed and there might be a more obvious back to front ball but I'm going to live I'm going to die by the sword here like yeah, that, yeah. that he's reluctant to change his system because he set out his stall yeah I, I think that could be a little bit to do with it um, but like it's very very easy. We we talk. The main thing you have to do in football is kick the ball in the net. If you do, if you don't do that, all the other stats mean nothing. Mm. They just dwindle away. Our best players, our best player, Evan Ferguson, Obafemi, Ogbeni, all our best players are up the top of the park. So don't complicate it. Get the ball up to them. Play from there. And I look at it's not going to be pretty on the eye, but we will win more games. We will be probably not as entertained but you'd be leaving Lansdowne Road and you'd be a little bit happier with things you, you'd be throwing punches we'd, we'd be toured in this group we'd be saying if we can beat the Netherlands get something against them my god we could finish second in this group but as it is you know we're, we're propping it up we're in fourth and we're only standing on top of Gibraltar and has anybody seen any attractive football in the last in the three games in this group because I haven't seen any of it Well I watched France Greece last night the highlights of it and like 
France were kind of doing what we were doing, just a bit better, because they have better technical players. And we're very fortunate to win that game, by the way. There was a high boot to the head, and um, the Greece player got sent off. Mbappe takes the penalty. Keeper to me looks like he's on the line. He's certainly got one leg, at very least, on his own goal line. Referee, you know, under the hot Paris night, decides that whatever it is, 100,000 people in the stadium is going to have to result that the penalty gets retaken and they get over the line and it's a bit of a slice of luck. Um, but it was sort of the same type of system um, and, I don't know, in terms of the attractiveness, I definitely felt in the stadium last night that people would be uh, now in a position where you're more willing to see a bit of a lump ball or, like, this thing isn't working. In fairness, we did go back to front a little bit against Greece and stuff came off it. So it's not like there, there's no there's no long balls at all. Can I ask you another question, right? It, would Jeff Hendrick and Robbie Brady have had any impact on the performance against Greece? Possibly. Um, I, I, I think uh, in international football, experience costs for... Uh, accounts for a lot it really does I think the more caps you can get on the pitch the better um, obviously there's, an, there's exceptions to that rule every now and then the types of an Evan Ferguson comes along and you just throw that out the window you say you're going in he's good enough but in general especially in the middle of the pitch I think you need caps you need experience you need people in there like Jeff wouldn't have been too bothered about Greece because he, he's felt all them feelings before. He would have felt you know this is a lower team but maybe we're getting a little bit dominated in terms of possession he wouldn't have panicked I think there was a little bit of panic I think people I was listening to the Irish media before the game and for some reason they were saying we're favourites in this and I I was looking at the Greece team and thinking this, this is a very very tight game I don't think there's any favourites in this and it, it played out that way it was a very very tight game but yeah I, I, again and hindsight's a great thing because Smallbone didn't have a great game you can look and say maybe Hendrick and there would have done a little bit better but the one thing for me is he played Smallbone not a problem but he, Smallbone has to play in an advanced area. He played in a flat tree and all he ended up doing was running from to Timicus to Baldock to Timicus to Baldock and after half an hour his legs were shot and we had to end up making a couple of changes. But in hindsight, yeah, maybe uh, maybe Jeff or, or Robbie Brady could have made a bit of a difference in there. Uh, all right, it's uh, 7.56 this morning. OTBAM Live with Gillette Labs. Got the ultimate shaver. Your money back. Neon Art Edition is available now. If any part has joined us, um, ter- oh, the line just dropped to Vinny, so we'll get, get him back. In uh, just a minute, can you can you see further progress under Stephen Kenny? I'm not sure. I'm really, if he if he's going to keep playing this way, I mean, again, I, I keep putting myself into into uh, managers and coaches team, uh, mindset coming in here. The one thing you don't want, if you're a France, if you're a Holland, and you want to stand on the halfway line and dominate us, the one thing you don't want us to do when we win the ball back is just clip it down the channel and get running after. That's the one thing you don't want us to do because defenders don't want to run towards their own goal. The, what you want us to do, not a great footballing team, is to win off us and start trying, trying to play nice intricate passes because then they can counter-press us and just go and hoard it straight away. So I think you're taking a big, big weapon away from the, the bigger nations when they want to the counter-pressure if you just play it down the channel. Now, it's not just getting it lumping it down there. It's telling Obafemi, it's telling Ogbeni, as soon as we win it, you need to start peeling off into that channel and be gone. And we will have a head start in the race and then we can play from there, win and throw in, play in the right areas. Just don't play in the wrong areas. So I'm saying lump it up there, but then start to play. It's not lump it up there, win a throw in, throw the ball into the box from there. It's playing. It's getting it up there and playing in the right areas from there. All right, Vinnie Perth's line is back. Vinnie, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Uh, how are we done? Apologies. Uh, I took Shane Hannan's uh, gig today, and I took today off. Apologies, <laughs> I couldn't get in. Very good. No worries. Um, what? What now? We, now that we've seen the two games back to back, what's your assessment of where we are at the moment? Um, I think I think it's difficult because, um, you know, I think middle of last week, I think there was arguments to be made that we made huge progress as a team, and we haven't won enough matches and. Um, we have to accept that. Um, but uh, the Greece game was so bad, I think it's it, it has left a lasting effect on, on sort of the management setup. There's no doubt about that. And we have to call it what it is, I thought. Um, and I, I was with you on Friday night. Tactically, it was very, very poor. And um, I've been associated with, with, with Stephen Kenny for close on 20 years. And I sort of, I, I set at the game last night and I set in sort of behind the, the dugout and looked at the starting team and I felt what what are we doing here again it was almost like we're back in the same position in terms of playing against a lesser nation playing with a back three 
Um, and again, it's the football is full of captain hindsights, but I think I've said it enough times on your show, when you play teams that we play against with the style of player we have, you've got to change. And for the first 15 minutes, and I know some people will throw back who the opposition was and that, but this is part of the problem. The first 15 minutes of the second half, I sat there, I looked at Stephen and I said to myself, Gaffer, that's the first time I've probably seen your team play your way. Okay. Um, And what I mean by that is, that 15 minutes when we went and won the game, and that's what happens in football matches. It's not all pretty for 90 minutes. James McLean on overlaps. Jason, I, there was one stage, I think it was on the 60th minute, where James McLean crosses the ball as the left back in the flat back four. And Jason Knight as the right back almost gets in at the back post. That is, and I'm sorry for boring people, but that's Dane Massey's Deshaun Gannon. That's Stephen Kenny's way of playing. That's how you beat the lesser nations. You go and beat them with wing backs and, or with wingers and full backs and you overload them in wide areas. And the problem we're going back to, you've asked me about the bigger of the week is we don't, we don't have enough credit in the bank as a management setup or they don't because they didn't beat the lesser nations. And I was just in many ways disgusted last night coming away from the game going, why have we not done that more against the lesser nations? It was really, really difficult and good at the same time. If, if, if that sort of rant makes sense. Why isn't he doing that, Vinny? If that's, you're looking at that saying that 15 minutes is your team playing your way, why didn't he do that from the start? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I can't. I can't. What's your I can't suspicion? Um, he, he got away from uh, what makes himself brilliant for whatever reason. I don't know the ins and outs of the squad. He went to a back three. There was a call for a back three. You remember at the very start of his campaign, we were a little bit too open in midfield with one number six and two number eights. But um, we, we, tactically, if you look at last night in isolation, you look at the first 45 minutes, back threes don't open up. Um, they don't open up defences very well unless they're counter-attack. And that's why that back three system does really well against your France um, Portugal away it's a brilliant system for that but when you have to break down a team and Gibraltar basically played 4-5-1 and had different variants of that at different stages back trees don't do that because James McLean is one-on-one with their fullback he's got to show a little bit of magic get do something whereas in the second half he had uh, James McLean and Mikey Johnson so that drags two Gibraltar players out and maybe one on the cover and it created a little bit of space in different areas. So why he went away from that, I don't know. I don't know um, if if the, the Kenny project is over and I know I think he's he's got Everest to climb to be still in charge in two years' time and I hope he does it for his, his sake personally. I'm not sure he's failed his way. I think people could get an insight into Stephen Kenny in that first 15 minutes of the second half last night. That was his style. And that, that for me, is um, difficult. That, that's a difficult thing to take, that he hasn't done that more. So, is there something in that for the games that are upcoming? Let's assume that the, the board don't panic. And I, I don't think at this point it, it looks likely that they will. They'd be mad to, um, to replace him at this point. It doesn't make any sense. If you take the next two games obviously it's France in Paris and the Dutch here in Dublin is there anything from that first 15 minutes for those two games or do we just go back to the the back five the back three well well, the the thing is yeah you, you summed it up in many ways Jerry your question the back five the back three so if you're not Man City play with a back three because they're brilliant players and they dominate and they don't have to have their full and they're allowed to put inverted wingers in that okay but when you're not that good, it ends up a back five. Our back five system has will suit away in France. No issue with that. Um, we've seen that in the last game against France. And maybe that we need a huge win and Stephen needs a huge win. And maybe that the Dutch game, he has to look at that 4-3-3 and go for broke. Uh, but the back five, there's no doubt, suits the better nations. It's, it's you know, it's the Finland. It's It's those games we've dropped points in that has meant, as a management setup, they don't have enough credit in the bank for the bad performance last Friday. 
and the the tactical errors of of not going and beating teams at home and and not doing it in style has meant that there's there's probably very little credit left in the bank. So to answer your question, I think you have to play a five against France away, but you may have to throw caution to the wind and go and beat the Dutch with that sort of four three three system. Um, listen, it's easy from the cheap seats, but tactically uh, they may have to do that. Keith, you've been in squads, right? So whatever about the um, whatever about the credit in the bank, with it seems like he still has credit in the bank with the fans enough to for them to show up, and there'll there'll be a raucous atmosphere, hopefully. Um, depending on what happens in Paris uh, against the Dutch, from the players' perspective, uh, if if he was to say, "Look, we're going to go for it against the Dutch," what would that do to the squad? Oh, they'd love it, absolutely love it. Um, um, I, I would imagine the players, on for example, one example Friday night, I imagine the players found that difficult. They found it. They would have. They, a lot of times when things don't go well tactically in the middle of a football match, players will look to the bench for some guidance. So um, not to go over Greece again and, and keep hammering on about it, but when, when they kept switching it to the fullbacks, and again, captain hindsight, but most people seen that coming before the game because of our setup. Players are looking for a response from the bench. I think the players would would have enjoyed that second half performance. Oh, I know it's only against Gibraltar, but they would have enjoyed that. Like um, Mikey Johnson, um, Evan Ferguson would enjoy what he has around him and Mikey Johnson on one wing um, whether it's Obafemi or Parrot on the other wing, with Knight getting to the end line, with with Seamus Coleman doubling, or um, uh, sorry, uh, James McLean doubling up on the other side, whipping in crosses. That's what they want. Get people getting to the end line. So I think the players would love it. It'd be like shackles off. Go back to Ireland against France under trap. You remember we took the shackles off over there. Players will love that if we go and do that against the Dutch. Can't do that against the French or we get torn over. But at home against the Dutch, I'd say the squad would really welcome if the manager threw that at him. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I think Vinny's spot on. I think the lads would absolutely love it. But just to pick up on, on something Vinny said there about lads looking at the bench, you know, these are professional players. You know, they play football every single day. We A problem solver is what you need on the pitch. You need somebody who can see something, can feel something and think, this isn't right. Whatever the manager has said uh, before the game, a half time, it's not working now. So we need to do it this way. And when I played for Ireland, I very rarely played for Ireland, but when I did play for Ireland, the likes of John O'Shea, Richard Dunn, they didn't look to trap a Tony for advice. Robbie Keane, they they solved problems on the pitch. We'd done it all ourselves. And, you know, you need problem solvers. And that's probably another thing. And I referenced that without Seamus Coleman this week that we don't have a leader. We don't have somebody who can solve problems. Somebody will say, I need you here, lads. This neat, neat, ticky tacky stuff is not working. Let's play in around the back. So the only talking I could see on Friday night was lads screaming at each other and giving out to each other. It's never, never. Yeah, and I, I could see Cullen doing that. You know, lads come up and me do this. Like little things within the game help the press. But in terms of the overall bigger picture of the game, it was all like, like Vinny says, looking at the bench. What do I do now? Where do you want me now, Gaffer? We need problem solvers because you can't have Stephen Kenny trying to scream to the far side of the pitch when there's fifty-five thousand people in the Aviva. You need you need problem solvers, but then it goes back to trust. Then it goes back to experience. How many caps have they have? Do they know? Have they been in deep water before? So it's all swings and roundabouts. But that, I think that's very telling when you see players looking at the bench for guidance rather than knowing what's wrong themselves. There was a lot of chance. yeah, and just to balance out. Sorry, just to balance out Keith's point is that in fairness, though Keith, in both games the tactical switches at half time made us better. So. Um, the sense is, could we have done them earlier or could we have started the game with those tactical switches? So the Mikey Johnson or the two number 10s, not to lose people, we started in the second half of Greece. We were a better team for that. We should have started that way. And we should have started the other night with a, with a flat back four. We shouldn't have played with three centre-halves. So there, therefore, you've got to give players a little bit of leeway as well to say, set them up correctly, forced and I, and I know some games go against you, and I've been a manager who's who struggled in that. As I said, I sit in the seat, cheap seats. Well, they're not that cheap in the Aviva anymore, but I was sitting in the cheap seat last night. But absolutely easy to throw stones. But we shouldn't have started with a back three last night. We just shouldn't. It's no. just it's 
non-negotiable for me personally but I'm not the international manager none of, the, none of this is lost on the players right they're all I'm sure having the same conversations that we're having there was a lot made during the week in the press conference about the belief Stephen Kenny do you still believe in the players this was the big thing you mentioned earlier on that you would know some of the players personally do you think the players still believe in Stephen Kenny um, and genuinely haven't and I wouldn't discuss it with the ones I know or anything like that um, I think I think by and large players you get like especially in international setups or any t- any time you travel, there will be a bond with the staff there. Um, if if this project ends, absolutely certain amount of players in every squad will be disappointed to lose them. Some will be in many ways the modern player or the modern or any person won't be too bothered, and some be glad because it might mean they get a chance. That's just the nature of it. I I, I don't think I don't I think the setup and the way things have been run. It seems to be extremely professional, really modern day uh, staff in there um, in terms of like even the backroom staff, people wouldn't know. So people like Danny Miller or um, the, the Southampton physio win. I think the players get such high level treatment at the club now that it wasn't always the case they got that at Ireland. I think that's one thing that Stephen has changed and the players like the environment of it. It's high level professionalism and... Um, so I think they want this. My sense is they want this project to work out. But players are players, and ultimately they want to win matches as well. Yeah, I, I think there'll, there'll be a bit of both. There'll be some players that'll be that'll want Stephen Kenny in. I, I spoke to, well, I didn't speak to uh, Doherty. I listened to his interview after the game when he got sent off against Greece, and he said definitely Stephen Kenny is the man to bring us forward. So is Keith Andrews. So is John O'Shea. And I know Keith Andrews. I know John O'Shea personally, and. They're infectious. The love for football is very, very infectious. I'm sure the lads are very, very close to them, but there'll be lads on the periphery who'll be thinking, maybe if Stephen Kenny goes, I could be in here. And there'll be people that fancy it, there'll be people that don't fancy it. So, look, it's it's one of those things. You just need to be professional and get on with it. But we, the big thing is we need problem solvers. You can't have people looking at the bench when there's problems on the pitch. You need to go and solve it yourself. And like you said, we needed tactical changes, but I'd still love a Cullen. I'd still love you know somebody of a, an older head there to be able to say lads this isn't working just get together for five minutes let's just do this now do it that way and managers and coaches largely will accept that if you go in and you say what are you doing <laughs> so, I was well, doing it because well, I thought X, Y or Z was happening Gaffer. they will largely accept that that's, that's why what, we need James Coleman Adrian well, that's no, no, why we need James no, no, Coleman I, you I, wrote him I, off three I, years ago I, not at all I did one analysis yeah, of one I did analysis of one game that yeah, was yeah, it. yeah, that yeah. Was it. and analysis I'm sure Vinny is, uh, back, is laughing Coleman. at that uh, no, the like point I was going to make was just on your point about the players uh, discussing it. I was down on the touchline, uh, a little bit cheaper than Vinny, I'd say, uh, by all accounts, from listening to his description there, further down the touchline, but just a couple of rows back from the front, watching the players warm up in the first half particularly. And Callum O'Dowda was in a full-on tactical conversation with, I think it might have, might have been Mikey Johnson. There was a lot of gesticulating about, you know... Uh, two or one, or there was a lot of that tactical conversation going on where it was very clearly him saying what we did at half-time. He was preempting that going, why aren't we doing... Like, they were clearly knee-deep in a conversation, like, in full view of everybody about how this is going on. And I suppose he's probably one of those players that you talk about there in terms of being on the periphery and yeah. feeling as if he should be in the in the first 11. It's clear that... We, have you been in dressing rooms, uh, Keith, like that before, where players are saying, listen, how are we not doing this thing... I mean, I guess at some point you need Callum O'Dowda to go up to the manager. I mean, not in the middle of the game, but at some point afterwards and say, you know, uh, you know, to have that conversation with him as opposed to just um, having it amongst themselves, I suppose. Yeah, well, I had it with, uh, with Eddie Howe at Burnley. When Eddie Howe first came to Burnley, he, fairly similar to what Stephen, uh, Stephen Kenny is trying to do now, he was trying to get us playing football. The crowd at, at Burnley, at Turf Mall, weren't on board. They didn't want us to play football. Every time we played a backward pass, you could hear them screaming, get the ball forward. It was They, they just weren't on board with the mm. football type of thing. So we had the, as players, Eddie Howe is still telling us, I want you to pass it out from the back. And this is before you were allowed to stand inside your 18-yard box. So people were coming and pressing the life elves. Some of us weren't comfortable with it. Some of us were comfortable with it. Half the team was having a meeting saying, lads, don't listen to the manager. We're going to start playing our own way. The other lads were saying, no, we will listen to the manager. And all of a sudden, it became totally, totally disjointed and it was all over the place. We'd Half the lads running towards the ball, half the lads running away from the ball and it became very, very disjointed. But yes, yeah, sometimes tactically, you, you might not you might not want to do what the manager's telling you to do. You might think it's naive. You might want to go down a different way. But at the end of the day, the manager calls the shots and if he tells you to do something, you have to do it. But... 
as a player I've been in a situation where I feel these things aren't working and you have to go and try and problem solve it yourself and like I said managers if you can go to a manager and say Gaffer I did this because of that I wasn't trying to undermine your tactics I just thought X, Y or Z was happening so I played this way managers will largely accept that because you're trying to solve a problem and just you know, stop things from happening uh, Vinny, the one thing that really needs to happen over the summer for who, for whatever is happening in the future, is that uh, the players who aren't playing at their clubs need to get moves. And there's so many of, of our group that are in that situation at the moment. And we're really hopeful that they're going to develop and that their careers will progress. But we know that, like the, the level of competition that they face from uh, all of the best young players in the world, is incredibly intense in the top two divisions in England. So it's kind of a it's a shaky enough period. When, when Liam Brady was on the TV the other night saying that uh, this is the worst squad of players that he's seen in his lifetime. Nobody's really disagreeing with that. No, we're not disagreeing with it because I can I can understand the point he's making to a point. It's just that I, I, mean, I and again I, I, I like I'm, I'm great. I repeat myself, but looking through Irish football through the prism of English football is what's it's what's holding us back as a nation because the amount of players playing in the Premiership it's. It's almost fair. To, you've, you've got to be world class, uh, world class. Maybe a, a, a bit. Use, I've heard you debate world class before. What's the word I'm looking for? You've got to be exceptional now to be a Premiership footballer. But but the problem with with Liam's comments and I agree with like, Liam is a legend. I agree with vast majority of that point. The problem is, 10, 15 years ago, you didn't need to be exceptional to be part of a Premiership squad. So world football has changed. England is where it happens, the premiership. The the challenge the bigger challenge for me is you go back to the some of the players that play for Greece. I made this point on Friday night. You've got players playing with Pauk. You've got players playing with Tra- the ones that have left Greece are playing with Trasborg, they're playing with um AZ Alkmaar. They're playing regular European football and group stage football. Okay? And Keith will know this better than me. Championship football doesn't really equate to international football. They're they're not chalk and cheese, but playing a game every three days, real high intensity, is completely different than international football. And the advantage players like playing for AZ Alkmaar is, as I said, getting to a quarterfinals, I think it was, of a, a Europa League, is is experience at international type football. And air players and us as a nation have to get away from that fixation. And it's starting to happen slowly. Um, but we're starting to see players turn up in different countries. And the more players that we can get exposure to the likes of Europa League football, even if it's Conference League football, and we're talking about not in, I'm not talking about from a League of Ireland hat here. Forget League of Ireland for a moment. But the more players we can get traveling away from England and off that gravy train and into Top European leagues, as in, when I say below the highest level, Holland, Eredivisie, um, Turkish leagues, whatever it is, and experience football at different levels, we will improve as a nation. And we've, so Liam is right. I think he's right. It's hard to debate eras, but we ain't going to have 10, 12 players playing regular Premiership football anytime soon, in my view. Yeah, I, I do think we we'll struggle. Some of the like the, uh, the championship and and the the international scene, it is very very different. I played the the vast majority of me me career in the championship, and the, the championship is blood, sweat, thunder, tears. It's everything. But in terms of a tactical battle, you probably get that when you come up against you know the top three or four in the league. You might get a decent tactical battle. The vast majority of it, like I said, there's no respect. It's a hundred percent milling into each other. It's just relentless that championship so in terms of going to a championship team and then coming into our international setup and then being told to play 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 and uh, you know being overloaded with tactic stuff it can be quite difficult but like uh, like Vinny's saying if we can spread our wings a bit get lads all over the continent then I do think it, it will help us especially how we want to play but at the minute I think uh, I think that that's that's somewhere down the road I think we need to fill holes for for the, for the minute and just try and win games and the way for this Irish team to win games is get the ball out wide and put it in the box and like I say it might not be pretty you might, people might say Mick McCarthy all this sort of stuff but I'd rather walk home from the Aviva having beat Greece or away from uh, Athens last week having beat Greece rather than 
been uh, been beaten one 0 Yeah, I think. I mean, it's uh, uh, the that's a binary um, comparison. But like in your imaginary world, we win those games. But in in the our experience under Trap and Martin O'Neill was that there was occasional bits where we would flare up and we'd have some wins. But there was uh, a no, lot. I, of, I take that point, but it's not. Dross. It's not just the anybody. We can lose to Greece, right? We can we can lose to Greece. That's not a problem. Greece are a decent team, but you can't go and lose to Greece with that performance. That's you, the thing. you can't have a ten day training camp in Turkey and in fifteen minutes concede ten corners and a penalty. And and look, I I I mean, we were me and Vinny did the game in studio here, and we were making the same point. Like I, I don't think anybody has been as vociferous in their support of Stephen Kenny and what he's trying to do as as uh, we have been on this show. But it's very difficult to come out after that game and go, no, it's okay, we're going the right direction. Well, it it feels like the only route back from here, and. Uh, I appreciate the ludicrousness of it, but the only route back from here is four points in the next window. Finish shaking your head there. No, I, I, I thought Adrian was going to mention something like Sam Allardyce. Throw <laughs> <laughs> myself I'm off. Not Finny, uh, we're not there yet. I shouldn't make that. Jo- I shouldn't make a joke about throwing myself off anything. Sorry. Um, yeah, just listen. It, there's a hybrid. There's a hybrid of what we're looking for. Um, you know, it, it, it's it. You can't be. You, you can't be Xavi and Iniesta unless you're Xavi and in, Iniesta, okay? But you, you, we probably can't continue to be that thing. Remember playing, watching Ireland and people were half volleying the ball over the shoulder, like, and you're like, you're better than that guy. So the, there is a hybrid of that. And I think, I think if we're set up tactically correct and we haven't been properly in the last two games, the evidence is there. Like, it's not. As I said, it's not Captain Hindsight. It's the Evans was there. I think if we're set up correctly, we can have a good combination of balls down the side, as Keith said. But also, there's a time now, European football, uh, international football, you've got to keep it as well. You've got to keep it as well. So you can have that hybrid. And remember, there's a seismic shift going on in Irish football. And maybe get into this another day, Jer, but there's a seismic shift going on underage in Irish football. We're teaching people to pass the ball. And you can't just then throw that out and go back to a Sam or a what, whatever. And we have to have that hybrid and get results at the same time, which I know is going to be difficult. And we've got to come up with two, uh, some balance between that where we're teaching kids to pass the ball, pass the ball, play a beautiful way. You go to underage football in this country, watch our, our international 15, 16, 17, 18s. They're all playing out from the back. But they're getting results as well. We need this international team to get results and be a bit more pragmatic and, and get things right on the way of doing it. And I think what's going on, honestly, it's a it's huge shift in Irish football underneath. A lot of big, good things happening. That's right. why I really need this. Inter- we need this international team to work out for us. Yeah, Vinny, good stuff. Thanks for joining us. That's uh, Vinny Part on the line. And Keith, thanks for joining us in the studio as well this morning. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.